This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Stricken muted. There we go. We got you. Okay. Thanks for joining us on the block today. Eastrick, Austin Orman. We are here sponsored by the great Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. 93.7 The Ticket. Two to four every day. You can find us here on the show. On the block is where you will be. We appreciate you. All of our YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter streamers. We appreciate you as well. As a Sutter Heyman text line, that is always open to you, whether we like it, whether I like it, whether Austin likes it, we always still love to hear from you. Uh, we'd still like it. So nonetheless, um, there's a lot of content to get into today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some NIL stuff with regards to what Nick Saban, one of the uh, top recruiters, one of the best programs over the last decade and almost a half now. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of uh, some controversy potentially of what's going on out there. Uh, with the Iowa Hawkeyes across the border, across the river, the Missouri, and some things that are happening there at their program with regards to men's basketball and the Fighting Illini. We'll get shootout with Strick, and then we'll uh, also have Andrew Alex joining us in the second hour. We'll talk about some of the top uh, recruiting uh, classes and some of the takeaways out of that as well in the second hour, as well as the crossover. So we are glad to be here, and we thank you again for joining us as well. Now, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about this NIL conversation and uh, get back into that. Some things that I talked about in the past uh, with, um, you know, Bach as well as Nate, we've, we've, we've really honed in here on 93.7 The Ticket because it's, it, it's, um, it's, it's a tough thing to um, discuss NIL because it, is, it just kind of popped out like squeezing some toothpaste out of, a, out of a, a, you know, your, your toothpaste holder and into onto your two on your toothbrush and it just just goes all over the place right like there's no control of it it just all over the freaking uh sink and that's what's happened with an il and and so we're going to delve into that a little bit because i found it interesting and it's a belief that i've actually had um in hope that the ncaa would be able to uh, uh implement something to really a reign in this NIL. A lot of people we've had uh, Austin on the show and, and um, forget that. Let's pause. Austin, how are you doing today? Strick, I am great. Sun's shining. I don't even care that it's windy outside. It's uh, still a beautiful day. Plenty of sports to talk about. Could not be better. Yeah, man. The weather is a lot better still than here. I mean, I think we hit 30 at one point today. I think we're sitting oh, okay. you're, in the you're mid-20s rising. and no ice. So we got that going for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's starting to, uh, you know, melt a little bit out here ourselves. Good. Um, 
wish I could get back, uh, hopefully be able to tap in via phone or, or um, you know, FaceTime or something with some of the guys at the meeting tonight. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. Let's jump into this NIL discussion. So I have been talking about this, and, you know, there's been some pushback with, you know, the NIL, the way that it's run. And, and part of my uh, problem that I had with it was that young men were coming to campuses schools or these collectives were offering some of these young men life-changing money. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm not trying to, to hinder that. I had a problem with the smaller schools, uh, your, you know, your ball States, your um, uh, shoot, your, uh, you know, second tier, second fives, mm-hmm. you know, your Cincinnati's, uh, your Louisville's, um, you know, some of these, yeah, they're they're a big school. No, oh, I'm, I'm you know what I'm yeah, talking the, about. Yeah, the group of five Those, conferences. You know, the group of five. Yeah, yeah. you're you know schools like that that wouldn't be able to compete in that same space. Even your power fives, second tiers. Mm-hmm. You know those 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 schools like, you know, let's be honest, TCU can't play at the same level. They can play, uh, but they they can't play at the same level as like a Georgia or an Alabama. Your Northwesterns, yeah, you know, they can get in the game, but they can't play at the same level. And and so I find that a Tennessee that has great resources, even a Nebraska that has great resources, would just overwhelm the system, right? Your Oregons that got that long Nike money, you know, mm-hmm. guys like that, your USC's. Um, so at the end of the day, I felt that, you know, how can we make it even across the board? If the NBA if the NFL Austin has um, rookie scales, mm-hmm. maybe you can implement some form of a scale across the board with uh, NIL, right? Quarterbacks may command a little bit more. You can kind of go down. You can peak it out to a certain amount of no- of a number, 100,000, 80,000, 50, 20. I don't know what it is, but coming in to a program where you have done Absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. You have you're you're not a Jordan Addison that just won the Blindicall. You're you're right. you know I can understand him getting a significant NIL deal because he earned it. He he put it out on the field. Mm-hmm. But guys coming in that haven't done anything on the field. That's why you have your Spencer Rattlers that came to Oklahoma, got beat out by Caleb Williams, and he had a super NIL deal, multiple cars, all types of money. And there was no return on investment. So for me, I'm like, if I'm an investor into a collective or I'm an investor into uh, a program, how am I going to assure that this money that's going out um, is, is going to be significant to the program? Let's just be, let's just look, let's look at Nebraska. And I'm just going to throw this up. Do you think that with the NIL situation that we had right now, that we got a return on investment on O'Shawn Mathis? No. I don't have anything else. No. I based on the right? you know the promise that we thought Oshan Mathis had for whatever reason, whether it was not the scheme fit we thought it was going to be, um, you know maybe just wasn't as good as we were led to believe, and it wasn't the scheme. But whatever it ended up being, clearly whatever Nebraska paid for someone who is just a body on the field more often than he made splash plays, no, in terms of the investment. I mean, even if that's you know just a five-figure deal. But, 
led to believe it was a six-figure deal. And to me, there wasn't, you know, six-figure production out of O'Shawn Mathis last year. Absolutely. So there's a report that's gone out, uh, a report that comes uh, out of Alabama. Um, Nick Saban uh, had received multiple requ- multiple requests uh, for NIL for two players. That was a total of about $1.3 million. Um, the article states that um, the Alabama football head coach was speaking at the 18th annual Alabama Football Coaches Association's convention on Thursday in Montgomery, where reportedly told uh, attendees that a cornerback recruit requested 800000 to sign with, this is a high school kid, mm-hmm. to sign with the Crimson Tide, and another player in the transfer portal requested, in the transfer portal now, similar to what O'Shawn Mathis got, or uh, made a request for 500000 per Glenn uh, Gilbo of OutKick and Nick Alvarez of AL.com. Saban reportedly turned down both players with this uh, in mind. This is what he said. This is, this is what was said, was spoken. Um, Nick Saban said, someone with one of the best cornerbacks in the nation in high school came to me and asked me if I would pay or if we'd pay them 800000 for the player to sign here. I told him, he can find another place to play. I'm not paying a kid a bunch of NIL money before he earns it. So that's what, when I saw that, that's what sparked it for me because I was like, that's the same way I feel. I feel that no kid should show up on campus because what does that create? Think about it in life. You have trust fund kids, and I'm not saying all. Please don't get in the D in the text message saying I'm saying all trust fund kids. But but just think about it. Like for example, uh, what's her name? Paris Hilton, mm-hmm. right? You remember at a time where Paris Hilton was wilding, had all that that you know the money. You come into a situation, you give a kid that doesn't know about the economics yet. That's why I think the NCAA should have got involved, how they could have got involved by getting training, teaching them, training them, providing resources to be able to show families, kids prior to them getting any of this money in the contract. You have to go through all these things. That's the way I thought the NCAA could have got involved. But I'm going to turn it to you now because I want you to speak on it. I feel that way because I think it's crazy that in, in, in life. If you just walk into a job and they say, oh, yeah, we're paying you this and you have done nothing. If I would have got my $15 million contract without showing that I could provide on the court, I would have thought you were done. But OK, I'll take it. But how do you see it? How do you view it? And text line 402-464-5685. How do you view what Nick Saban also said? We'd love to hear from you as well. Go ahead. So I'll start with the NCAA aspect of it. And that's they didn't do anything about it for the longest time. You know, they did everything in their power to keep from making NIL a thing, to keep from having to, you know, deal with money changing hands from anyone involved at an upper level to the student athletes. They did everything in their power to make sure that didn't happen. Then the Supreme Court comes in and says, yeah, you guys were wrong to do that. And instead of, you know, the NCAA kind of seeing the writing on the wall or heaven forbid being proactive about the issue that came up, arose and 
I didn't, you know, kill the NCAA, but took down a lot of their, their business model of the way things were run, led to a seismic change. Instead of the NCAA doing anything about it, they did everything in their power to maintain the system. They had every opportunity to set up a system. Now, I know there's not a lot of trust in the NCAA. The system they set up might not have been good, especially probably wouldn't have been good right at first. But imagine, Strick, if we were having this conversation, you know, back even 10 years before you got to campus, if there would have been some rules in place at that point that the NCAA could be workshopping. So by the time we get to when you play into the 2000s, into, you know, now in 2023, we could have a better system in place. But instead, we're figuring this out at a time in college athletics where, you know, we have the first billion with a B TV deal, you know, for the Big Ten. The SEC's making how many hundreds of million dollars on their TV deals. There's never been more money in college sports, and the NCAA is just now trying to wrap its head around, hey, how do we make sure the athletes get a chunk of this? Because they tried to keep it from them for so long. So I I think the NCAA is in a lot of ways at fault for not being so proactive, but I can't blame them for not looking ahead because they were allowed to get away with the system the way it was for so long. When it comes to, you know, that high school recruit specifically, that high school cornerback asking for $800,000, that to me is short-sighted in a lot of ways, especially if you're looking at Alabama. You know, it's one thing if you're going to a program that, you know, doesn't have Alabama's track record. It's just, you know, college X, college Y. Um, I don't know what my pro prospects are. Maybe I'm not sold on the NFL, but hey, I like football, so I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll become good enough. If Alabama's recruiting you, and if you want to go to Alabama, to me, it's short-sighted to ask them for that money up front. Because if you go to Alabama, if you buy in to the culture, if you buy into the work that Nick Saban and his staff ask of you, and you utilize the resources available to you, $800,000 as you know a high school senior or a college freshman turns into $8 million on your first NFL contract. $8 million per year, maybe, on your second NFL contract. So, again, I, I'm fortunate, I'm blessed to, to not have been in a situation to where I've needed that money right away up front. I don't know what it's like to be, you know, confronted with having that life-changing money, and I don't know what I would do in that situation. But that's where, to me, the thing that solves a lot of the NIL problem, I say in quotes, is making sure, like you said, that student-athletes and prospective student-athletes have the proper support system around them. That they're confident that they're making the decision to transfer or to stay for the right reasons. The money has to be, you know, an incentive, the carrot dangled on the stick, not the reason, you know, to go to a place. That's why I, you know, I can't blame O'Shawn Mathis for the NIL deal he got. He did earn it at TCU. I'm not. He put up, yeah. he put up numbers. He earned that. Yeah. And, you know, Nebraska's collective said he was worth that much. Go get your money, young man. Absolutely do that. You yeah. put in the work. Yeah. But it's when you're offering that to high school recruits to sign or you're offering right. that to guys in the transfer portal to sign. That, to me, again, haven't not having been in that situation, I can't call it a red flag, but I'd rather have guys that you know want to earn that money later on say, hey, let me prove it. And then after they put in the work for a year, they get an all-conference nod, they improve. Then you start sitting down looking at deals rather than, hey, we got this lined up for you, so come play for us. That and so so that's the that's the uh, way that I feel about it too. You know, there's some on the text line 
um, you know, uh, I think it's Scaper. Scaper says that less than 1% of college athletes go pro. Most of the NI deals probably won't work out correct. Possibly. Yeah. It depends on what you mean by work out. Yeah. And and that's why I think that you as a college university, I think you got to set the boundaries. I think if you want a culture that breeds uh, success or that breeds winning or that breeds that you want to be here for a purpose. And like you said, that I'm willing to bet on me. I'm willing to bet on me that when I come here and I compete because I'm going to be on one of the largest platforms because of who this brand has been built to be that I'm going to allow myself uh, to earn that. A lot of people are going to go to places. They're going to get that. I E Texas A&M a whole bunch of kids went there for NIL money and didn't get you anything. Mm -hmm. Why? There's a, there's an underlying thing to the why I think. And I think it's the, did you really want to be here? Did you really want to be in college station playing for this program or are you just playing for the money? Yes. See, professionals understand the difference, mm-hmm. but it takes time to build a professional mindset. When you're coming from just being a high school kid that's used to waking up, basically just putting on your clothes, your backpack, getting on a bus or getting in your car that was blessed that you were blessed to have and hitting the road. Uh, yeah, you're used to that. That's been your thing. You get to college to understand the dynamics of responsibility, discipline, all these different aspects you learn through that process. I'm not trying to say that I, I don't think anybody should get their money. That's not what I'm saying. I think right. a couple of people said, if it happened to my child, I would be wanting that. No, well, I, I come from that thing. I want my kid to, to go and earn it. I don't, I, I wouldn't take it. If you want to give it to me, okay, I'll take it. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I understand that, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So go ahead. the, the call the high school recruit asking for eight hundred thousand dollars to sign, you don't get that that right or I guess that privilege until you reach actual professional free agency. I know college sports have become more and more professional because of the money involved, but you're really not a free agent in the traditional sense. You're still a recruit. So if it's a recruit asking for eight hundred thousand dollars to sign with Alabama, that tells me their head's in the wrong spot because Alabama can do so much more for you than you can do for Alabama. You need that Alabama coaching and teaching more so than Alabama needs you. And to that one texter um, that said, well, if it was your kid that can get 800K, would you tell him to turn it down? I think that's the wrong way to look at it because the kid wouldn't be turning down $800,000 because it's not the school offering. It's the kid asking for the $800,000. That to me is the key difference. You know, I guess the collective, not the school. This kid is asking the school's collective to pay him $800,000 to sign. That, to me, yeah. Strick, worries me a little bit. Where, like yeah. you said, I'm Where sure- your headspace is. Exactly. Right. Because because now you come with an entitled, you come with mm-hmm. an entitled mindset right off top. Absolutely. Do you come with a work mindset? No, you come with an entitled. Like, you just gave me eight. You know what it is. I don't have to put in the time. Not all kids are like that. Some are bred like that. I, I'm not bred like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I, I was playing for you know for free at Nebraska. I would have loved NIL at that time. <laughs> Shoot, I, you know I was basically I paid from the work that I put on the baseball field that allowed the Marlins to say, "Yeah, we love you enough. We're gonna we're gonna." Mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess it was NIL. Uh, we're going to pay you 
to not only play for us part-time, but we're going to also pay for your school and we're going to give you a bonus on top of that. So yeah. Okay. We, we good. So Danny needs happy. That's tricky. <laughs> tricky. So somebody said something, Austin, I want to throw this to you. A uh, texture zero eight or three Oh eight, but it lasts for zero eight four nine says, here's my thoughts on NIL and collegiate athletics, right or wrong or indifferent. If athletes are getting that much money and yes, they do deserve it, but they, they should be paying their own college to they're basically should be paying their own tuition, free up a scholarship for another athlete that needs it. So basically saying that NIL, if you're going to get huge NIL deals, then you need to be paying for your college. You know, we're, we'll give it to you, but you've got to pay for all your room board, all that stuff. And it'll free up another scholarship for us to give to another uh, athlete that, you know, can also use it. That's not getting an NIL deal that way. So that, you know, that's a question. That's I, something to throw out there. Yeah, I see. I see where they're coming from. That's just such a, a fascinating notion that I hadn't considered. But yeah. in that case, if it's going to be, okay, you're not on scholarship if you get NIL money. Well, Strick, not everyone's making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Some people aren't even making tens of thousands. Some people, it's a few hundred bucks a month. You know, right. some people, it's a few hundred bucks total. It's a one-time deal. Um, so I think that you'd have to set a threshold for if you're making, you know, more than double or triple the cost of that year's enrollment, then you pay your own way. Um, but the other thing I could foresee happening in that situation is that instead of, you know, that money coming out of the, the player's NIL deal, I could see the collective just paying the tuition, right? So they can, you know, say that that's a part of the NIL deal is that they will pay for the room and for the board. And that's another thing mentioned right. in that, that Saban article where the, the player out of the transfer portal asked for, for $500,000 to play at Alabama, which again, if you're asking for money from Alabama's collective to go play there, I think you're completely missing the boat. That's neither here nor there. But he also wanted his girlfriend admitted to law school at Alabama. I wow. eh, I don't know about that necessarily. I Again, wow. if you guys want to go to school to the same place, decide on a place, try out for the football team and make it. You know, I... I'm just not sold on the whole make the kids, even if they have that NIL money, because that's what the market, such as it is, had, has told them they're worth, plain and simple. Right. You know, So I don't want to dock kids for being talented at their sport and earning that scholarship, earning the ability to have their school paid for, and you know have that money on top of it, because they did put the work in. Yeah, Austin, I... I... <laughs> I mean, I just love the topic, and I love you guys on the text line that are also tapping in uh, on the Sutter Hammond text line at 402-464-5685. We're, we'll try to get to as many of these as we can. Um, um, great question here by Texter1069. Would the Scurs pay 800000 for Rayola, or should they? I you know, know he's going to get NIL money yeah. like crazy, right? See, that's the thing. I, I, you, you, that's why I think there's, there, there, there should be some form of a scale. I think that you should come in and earn it. It's unfortunate. I mean, look at the kid. Um, gosh, what's his, I can't. I so, so there, there are two situations. There are two situations. At the, Tennessee. Yeah. The Yamaleva kid who has Yamaleva, an yeah. $8 million NIL yeah. deal and he's rated lower than Riola. So if you go yeah. based on the market, 800,000. I assume each year that's a steal. That's Tom right. Brady taking a pay cut right. money. 
Right, right. And so that, that's that's the thing. And this is why I think a lot of programs, a lot of universities are going to lose out. Um, I, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's a sustainable, it's a sustainable thing. I think that you're going to ultimately have more misses than you have makes. But don't in, you already? With, this, with the form, the way that, yes, with the way that it's set up right now, you're going to miss more than you hit with the system, the way that it's set up. And so I, that's why I don't like it. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see if we can come up with some form of a middle ground. I'm not part of the NCAA. I just wanted to spark the debate. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to spark the controversy. I just wanted to spark the, the, the conversation. It is a great conversation to make. It's a great place to start. We can either continue with, or we can also delve into some other uh, topics that we do have or, or have in addition, or we can recontinue it at the uh, crossover. I just think it's a wonderful discussion to have, Austin. I wanted to throw it out there into the wind to see where we're at with it. Unfortunately, we got to take a break right now. Uh, we got to pay some bills on the, on, on, the, <laughs> on, on the block today, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.